Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. I am so thankful for our whole worship and media department, all the hard work they put in to just bringing not just songs and lyrics, but an atmosphere where we can just worship God. Amen? Just so thankful for them and um, just uh, appreciate their hard work. This morning, um, I, of course, want to talk to you about Jesus. You probably knew I was going there, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be in Mark chapter 14 today. I'm going to read a scripture to you today, and we're going to pray, and we're going to jump right into the Word of God with both feet. Amen? It says in Mark 14, verse 36, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but what you will. Really profound words, amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We are so humbled by all that you've done. Surely you love us, and surely you treat us all better than we deserve. And so, Lord, right now, we just trust you as we open up our heart to hear your word. Lord, wherever we are in our lives and our seasons of life, for every individual, I ask you, God, to speak specifically to where they are today. God, that they would hear from heaven by your Holy Spirit and through your scripture today. God, we thank you for your word and we trust it today. I pray for Lord, the empowerment of your spirit. I pray that what's in your heart today, God, will be imparted. We thank you. We love you. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, of course, you know, today is like, like such an important day on our Christian calendar, right? It's the, the day that we honor the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, the, the sacrifice that was for your sins and for my sins. It's, it's the day where we celebrate the resurrection of Christ because he has overcome death and the grave. And you all know that one of the reasons we don't have to fear death is because of the resurrection. Because just as Jesus has been raised from the dead, we will merely fall asleep and be able to be with the Lord. As Paul said, to be apart from the body is to be with the Lord. What an amazing promise. Amen. Today, what I want to do is I want to drop into a scripture that happened during Passion Week. I preached on Passion Week last week. And um, I want to talk to you about a very vulnerable moment in Jesus's life that happened right before he would be taken away and being, being, be crucified. And it happens um, in this garden called the Garden of Gethsemane, um, where he goes there to pray, and it's on the, the Mount of Olives, and it's, pretty, it's, a, it's this wild kind of imagery going on because it's the Mount of Olives, and you know you use olives to make oil, right? So like on the Mount of Olives, and Gethsemane means oil press. And there's Jesus who's about to experience you know, a pressing, if you will, a crushing, if you will, this like, this, this moment of intense, you ever have those moments of intense pressure in your life? Jesus is feeling that intense pressure because he knows that he is about to be taken away, tortured, and crucified on the cross. And y'all, I want you to know, he felt it. Amen? He felt it. Like, in his humanity, we know that Jesus is fully God and fully man. Like, he felt every whipping. He felt the, crowns, the crown of thorns being put in his... Like, he felt it all. 
And he knows that this is what he's about to face. And in Mark chapter 14, verse 32, like we go into this very intimate story in Jesus' life. It's, it's like really kind of an honor that it's like written there because of the vulnerability that we see in him. Mark 14, 32 says, Then they went to the place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him and began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Doesn't that sound a little bit differently than maybe a lot of ways he led a lot of other things? You know, it's like all the time he was directing and teaching and healing and all these things, but he brings them in in this moment. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. I don't know if you've ever had somebody who was really strong in your life, who showed you a moment of weakness, and you went, wait, what? Yeah. Like, I depend on you. Like you're, and you're in this moment of weakness. And he says to them, stay here and keep watch. Going on a little further, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but what you will. Then returning to his disciples, he found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and he prayed the same thing. And when he came back, he found them again sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning a third time, he said, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. And like in that moment in Scripture is when they come and arrest Jesus. Like everything that's about to happen with the cross, like this is exactly what happened right before Scripture is like kind of staggering to me because it's like you see Jesus like in his humanity like struggling, like really struggling with what is about to occur. And he says, if it's possible, take this cup. And there's a double meaning. He didn't literally have a cup in his hand at the moment. It's, there's this double meaning because in Scripture, a cup represents like a portion that God gives you. Um, there's, and there's good portions and there are tough portions. Like there's this cup in Psalm uh, 23, my cup overflows. That's a good cup. But there's also this imagery in the Old Testament of a cup of wrath that is poured out. And what Jesus is going to drink is he is going to drink the, the cup of wrath of all of our sins upon him. And somebody in our prayer team this morning said like, the sins of our ancestors, our sins, and the sins of our children's children, like he took it all upon him. And can, can you imagine what that, pro, that would have felt like to him? Like, y'all, we're, we're kind of familiar with what sin feels like. Am I talking to the right people? Right? I know there's some of y'all are like amazing, but you know, the rest of us who are struggling in this world, but like he never felt it, and then he's going he's gonna to receive it all on him. And he's asking his father, he's pleading with his, 
his daddy, if you will. It actually puts it in the English translation, Abba, which is not even an English word, right? Because it's trying to portray this very sensitive moment. Like in, in our day and age, it would be like your child going up to you and go, Daddy, like if it's possible, and you're like you're reading your hero asking, could we do something different? Yeah, have you ever had your kids like plead with you? Like really, sometimes it works too. You're like, ah, right? I'm ruined for parenting. Like I got one more, you know, he's 13. I've got one more to go. But when it comes to the little ones, I'm in full on grandparent mode. Don't give your kid to me. I'm just going to spoil them and hug them and love them and hand them back to you. I'm, I'm prepping for the future now. But Jesus is like, he's got this like, daddy, if it's possible, and, he, and he, he makes this comment, which is interesting. It's, it's almost like he's trying to woo, the, woo dad, right? Everything is possible for you. Nice. <laughs> nice, no pressure. It's like, would you come up with another plan? That moment is just so real. That moment is just so intense. I, I love how Scripture puts these things in there for us, um, where Jesus is he's, he's so real and asking for a different plan, and yet he yields his will to the Father's will. Aren't you thankful? In that moment, he yields his real will and says, God, he says, Father, your will be done. Philippians 2.8 says of this, And having been found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Man, that decision means everything to you and I today. Um, that, that Jesus would receive the wrath of God on him because we don't have to. Um, it was all paid for, all of it. And he, so that we can be like fully reconciled with God so that we can say, Abba, Father, today. And I, I want you to know, just like uh, the word of the Lord today, I want you to know your Father wants you. I want you to know today that your Father loves you. I want you to know that your Father is always ready for you to run to Him. Part of like the point of all is so that you and I can have the confidence, all. Because I, I, I say this kind of often, but like you and I, like when, when people wrong us and we're trying to forgive them and something like that, we're, not, we're, we're a little harder on the whole forgetting thing. You know what I'm talking about? It's like... Well, yeah, but I'm going to remember this kind of thing. And we can sometimes feel like with, with God the Father, like, 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 well, yeah, he forgives me, but he knows. He knows. And I'm kind of in this time out with God. He's kind of mad at me. Do you understand that like, he put all of his wrath on his son on the cross? Like all of his wrath. It's not that God's not just. God is really really just. You know how just God is? He was so just, he would put his son on the cross for us. He's so just. But he is, he is taking care of this anger towards what sin creates and destroys in the earth and has created a path for you so that it says in Hebrews, so that you can come to him with confidence. I want you to be able to come to him with confidence and know that his arms are wide open for you. And you know, at the end of the message today, 
Um, I'll give you an opportunity. Like maybe you're in a place where you're like, man, I, I really need to receive. I, I need to run to him and receive what he has for me. And I want to tell you, today's, today's the day to do it. Should ha- everybody should have a day. My day was May 5th, 1992 was the day I was like, I'm all in. I'm not my own. I appreciate what you have done. I'm going to honor what you've done, and I'm going to turn my life over to you. You know, a, a few weeks ago, we had a guest speaker, a guy named Steve Williams. Um, you can ask um, James all about him. James knows, <laughs> knows him really well. Um, and I'm giving James a hard time because I gave James some identifying things about him, like the fact that he was, he was well along in years and he didn't have hair. <laughs> he walks up and James goes, oh, you're the bald old guy. You're the guy that... Actually, that's not how he said it. He said he did use bald, though. Anyhow, I may be saying, be careful what you say to James. I may be saying. You know, Pastor Steve Williams, he came... Thank you, James, for that moment. I appreciate that. Um, I will forget. Um, Well, see, here's the rest of the story. He got up, the speaker, and he goes, well, apparently I'm identifiable. And he begins to repeat what James said to him and knows that I told him that. Words have power, and I should know that. All right, so he says, he makes this comment, and he said, we tend to be consumers of God, but our God is a consuming fire, and he consumes us. And kind of what he's getting at is our relationship to God can sometimes become what I get, what I receive, what I get. And I've got to tell you, your Father in heaven has a lot of good things for you. It's not that he don't have a whole lot of good things for you. But when our relationship is all what I receive, then it becomes us consuming him. You following me? But the reality is our God is a consuming fire, and he wants to consume us. Consume us with his heart, with his passions, with his will, and with the things that he wants for this world around us. And, and I want to say today that he is worthy of your will. Just like Jesus, he said, not my will, but yours be done. Are you and I also willing to forego what we want for what he wants? I just got real, didn't it? I remember um, years ago, I was, uh, it was about 15 years ago, and we were taking our youth group uh, at Victory down to Atlanta for this, um, this conference. And I had been in this kind of season of life where I was thinking a lot about heaven. And, uh, you know, just reading about heaven and praying about heaven and talking about heaven. And I came to this really profound uh, conclusion that heaven's pretty amazing. <laughs> I know. Should write a book on that. Yeah. And... I was really, you know, just, and I was like kind of captivated, if you will. It was like my conversation and my relationship with God in that season, like, God, this is really good. Like, I'm kind of excited. And I don't know, 15 years ago, I was, what, 32, doing the math. Gosh, when you're carrying ones. Anyhow, um, and so I was just really excited about like what heaven had in store and like all that kind of stuff. And and I was like, if you will, a young man just going like, this sounds really amazing. And I kind of got in this place where I was like, you know, um, I'm, I can kind of see where my life is headed, and I'm good, and I just, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the destination. We went to this conference, and I w- we were in this amazing worship service. Um, Matt was there, and he was uh, part of the internship, I think, at that point. And um, we were 
we're down there and we're worshiping God. It's a powerful time. And I remember in this service going, God, and I've I'm, I'm been having this whole conversation about heaven. I, I just thank you for what you've called me to do and where you've called me to do it. And I, I thank you. I just, I just want to kind of like settle in and just like, it was almost like this. I'm going to put it on cruise and be faithful to you. And then when, when it's time, we're coming home. And I thought it was a pretty good prayer. It sounded really good to me. And I'm, I mean, I got all the feels. I'm sure my hands are up. I'm probably doing the full sway thing and everything, probably holding the baby. I mean, like every, every you know, worship move you got. And I just hear the voice of the Lord come on my heart and go, do you want what you want or do you want what I want? I was like, part, part, pardon me? Like, I thought we were having a moment. And the Lord spoke to me, and it was, it was it, normally when the Lord speaks to my heart, it's like with a sentence, but often that sentence has a whole lot else that he doesn't even have to say. Anybody else like that happens sometimes? It's like one word, and you're like, oh, oh wow, you just said a lot. It's amazing how he can do so much with so, such a, a little phrase. But I, I felt like the Lord was like, like, like saying to me, listen, I don't want you to settle in and settle back because I'm going to need you to lean in. Because I have a whole lot more things planned, and it's really sweet and kind that you're excited about coming to heaven. Woo! Like it's, that's coming, but there's work to do, and there's some things that need to happen, and um, I would like your participation in that. And I was like, it was basically telling a 32-year-old, "You ain't retiring. You ain't putting it into third gear and just kind of cruising along at 35 miles an hour on a Sunday drive. Like, I have some things for you to do. And the Lord spoke like, do you want what you want or do you want what I want? And I'm a very intelligent person. At least I like to think so, so I don't ask others. And I just said, I answered very profoundly, I want what you want. And I know for a lot of us, like, we can get afraid about what saying yes to Jesus could mean in our life day to day. Because really it's the, but what will you ask me to do? For some of us, we would like that level of control, right? It'd be like, well, if I were to say yes, could you show me the list? Uh-uh. That's not how it works. You're all in, and you walk with me. And I want to tell you today that you, our fear about what he asks is way bigger than it should be. I'm not going to sit here and preach to you that the things that God has for you to do and the things that are his will are things that you will like all the time, because that's not scriptural. Certainly Jesus is going through something that he would have chose not to do. Amen? Yeah. However, this fear that we have of well, what we ask me to do is way bigger than it should be. I remember when I was nine years old and my parents were taking me to church and um, I used to get, I used to like give my life to Jesus about every day of the week when I was nine. I was like afraid and just like, am I saved? Am I not saved? And one of the things I was really afraid of was, is God going to call me to be a missionary in Africa? Anybody else had that fear specifically? Or maybe you had a different, like I had this idea that I would be in a mud hut somewhere alone, not married, did I say that out loud? And I would just be like, like I would just be in that place. I was so afraid of what God would ask me to do. Anybody else been afraid of what he would ask you to do? Well, I mentioned that, you know, 92, it was right before I graduated high school, I gave my life to Jesus. And um, like, it has been quite a ride since then. 
And it was in 2018, I hadn't thought about nine-year-old Mike in quite a while. 2018, me and Jeremy are in Niger, Africa. That's right. And we're there, and one day we go out, and well, the, the day we get there, um, we, we end up baptizing people in a little creek. And the, guy, and the guy that I'm baptizing is seven foot tall. And I'm with a pastor who speaks French and Hausa, and he doesn't speak English, and we're baptizing together. I tried to get out of it. Y'all think I'm really spiritual. I tried to get out of it. I was like, no, no, the pastor, no, they'd love to have an American pastor. I'm like, really? You know. So we're there, and we're baptizing. The other guy doesn't help. And I'm handling a seven-foot guy in the creek. There's more to that story, but we don't have time for that this morning. And, and we're there, and, and Jeremy and I, we're, he's microwaving my underwear in the, in, the, um, in, the, um, in the microwave. Yeah, you should ask Jeremy about that. Don't let him near your microwave. Um, but we found ourselves a few days into this trip. We go out into the bush, and we come up to these mud huts, and I walk in this mud hut, and guess what comes to my mind? nine-year-old Mike, that fear that I had had. And I want to tell you today, I was having the time of my life. From the standpoint of what an honor to be in places, serving God, and just sharing and doing things for the Lord. And that, see, the way I defined my fear and what it meant and all of that was, was my fleshly way of seeing those things. I don't know if you have a fear about what God might ask you to do today, but I want to tell you that it is, it is holding you back from the best parts of, of your life in Christ. And I want to encourage you today, I want to implore you today to let that fear go. I look at this story about Jesus. This story could have been left out, and Jesus would be as big to you and I as he's ever been, just as much as Lord, just as much the creator of the universe. Like it would diminish Jesus nothing if this story was not in there. But when you see this story and him crying out in his humanity to his heavenly Father and saying, if there's another way, you can do anything, Father. It says he's overwhelmed with sorrow unto death. Like, I don't know what God's going to ask me to do, but I'm pretty confident that it's not that. And when I look at that, I go, that's who I want to serve. That's who I want to give my life to. That's who I want to lay my life down for is is a God who would love me that much because that's what motivated what was going on. It wasn't some sadistic, it wasn't like, it was his love that motivated him to send his one and only son. And that's the kind of God that I want to serve. That's the kind of God that I want to lay my life down to and for. And I, I, I um, you know, Jesus, he's with his disciples and he's asking them, um, when he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, listen, he says, will you do one thing? One thing. They kept falling asleep. The sadness was palpable. It says Jesus is overwhelmed to the point of death. It says in the Luke version of this scripture, it says that the disciples were exhausted from sorrow. So they had a feel. You ever been so sad and so depressed that all you wanted to do was sleep? That's exactly what's happened. That's what Scripture says is happening with the disciples. They're just overwhelmed, and there's nothing they can do but sleep. And Jesus makes this comment to his disciples. He goes up to them, and if you will, like, this is their moment to be there for him. 
and he's about to be there for all of us, right? He says, can you do this one thing? And they keep falling asleep. And Jesus makes this comment, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. And this story actually underscores our weakness. And the fact that God sees our weakness, our, our lack of strength, And it's emphasized in this parallel story that's going on with Peter, where Peter's like, no, we'll always stand for you. And Jesus is like, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Like, and and, Jesus, and, and uh, Peter has this massive failure in his own strength of trying to be there for the Lord. And what we see in this story through what's going on with the disciples and them falling asleep, and y'all know that like, if we were the disciples, we would have been falling asleep, right? We identify with that part, right? We don't, we don't think like, oh, no, I wouldn't fall asleep. We would have been right there, failing just like they were. But see, this story, this departure of Jesus is doing the Father's will, and the disciples just can't even keep up. It underscores our need for a Savior. Not just a Savior who forgives all our sins, but a Savior whose resurrection power can help us to overcome the resistance of our own will. Who can give us the power to say yes when we don't feel like saying yes. Gives us the power to to yield to the Lord when we're afraid. There's this amazing scripture in in Philippians 2.13. And maybe you struggle with, I know I, I want to do the will of God, but I struggle with it. There's this beautiful scripture and I'm going to turn it into a cheating prayer after I read it to you. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Did you know that God will come in and actually help you to want to do his will? So here's the cheating prayer. The cheating prayer is, God, help me with my will. Help me with my will. You cannot do it on your own. Do you believe that today? Peter couldn't do it. You and I can't do it. We have to lean on God. We need his help and we need his enablement in our life. And I want to tell you the secret to it, honestly, is all in. It is way easier in the long run when we yield completely to him. I know y'all were hoping for just kind of like an easy, like just subtle Easter service today, but here's the thing I want to ask you today. Is there an area in your life where you need to release your will to God? Is there an area in your life where you have just kind of been withholding? Maybe it's your finances. Maybe God is calling you to do something different with your finances. Maybe it's the gospel. There's there's some places he's asking you to open up your mouth and and, and you want to just, just stay in the good deeds realm, but not like talk about Jesus. Maybe there's a project that he's put in your heart and you're afraid of failing. And maybe there's um, reconciliation and forgiveness that he's calling to you to and you're afraid of the pain of what, or whether or not it won't work out. But I want to call, tell you today, you've got to trust him and trust his process over your fear of what could or would happen. Let's honor his sacrifice the sacrifice of his will, the sacrifice of his life by yielding our wills to him. 
I'm saying, Lord, I want as many yeses as could be in my heart as possible. I want to say no to you as few times in my life as possible. Here's the way that Luke describes this process in our life. In Luke 9, 23, he says, And he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their crosses daily and follow me. Isn't that interesting analogy, like correlation there? Jesus, in the, in the story that we're reading, it's where he goes, okay, I accept what's happening. There's a scripture in Isaiah that says he was like a lamb led to the slaughter. He didn't open up his mouth. He yielded it to what was happening. And what God is calling us to do is to bear our cross. Our cross looks a lot differently than, than his cross, amen? Just yielding our will. I want to tell you today, you cannot try hard enough to get this right. If you're trying hard enough, you're doing it wrong. Do you hear that? Let's say this again. It's not about trying hard enough. It's about yielding and asking for his empowerment. Trying is relying on yourself. Yielding and inviting his empowerment is relying on him. And we got to lean on him. The disciples tried hard. They couldn't do it. Still loved them. Still went to the cross and paid their sins as well. He could have looked at them and gone, y'all are out. Can't even stay awake. You're out. But no, he loved them that much. Wherever you are today, I just want to encourage you today, this Easter, would you yield your will to him? Not out of guilt and shame, but out of inspiration for who he is and what he's done for you and me. Out of a response of love for the love that he has shown you and me. And maybe you're here today and in your heart you're resisting being, being in with God and like turning your life over to him. And I just want to encourage you today that he loves you and he cares for you. And he took your sin on that cross whether you ask him to forgive you or not. He's paid for it. But you have to go to him and say, Lord, I confess. I need your forgiveness. And I want to receive it. He is sitting on ready. He is ready to forgive. He is ready to give you new life. He is ready. He's done the work. But he's not going to tackle you and make you. Because there is this point that we come to there where we go, yes. He won't stop tapping. But he's not going to make you do it. But I want to encourage you. Or I'll ask you this question. If you have your life in your own hands, how's it going? I know for me, it wasn't going well. And my life is certainly not perfect, but my word, there's just no comparison between life with Jesus and life without Jesus. If you need him in your life today, I want to encourage you to cry out to him and ask him into your life and to allow him to come in and give you a new life. If you're making that decision in the in-person service, I want to pray with you before you leave and because I want to rejoice with you and I want to make sure you have all the people and things and everything that you need for that journey. If you're watching in the online service or listening to the podcast today, you can go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps because we want to hear about this because it is the greatest decision. Heaven throws a party every time somebody turns their heart over to Jesus. Would you stand with me today? I want to pray with you before we go. Um, 
I know for all of us, it's not hard to say there's a place in my life where I want my will to be yielded to him. And I just want to encourage you today to be inspired by what he's done for you, for all of us, and to respond the same way. To don't, not be afraid of what he'll ask you to do. Amen? And again today, if you're here in this place and you're like, I, I need God in my life. I need God in my life. I'm going to pray for you today because there is nothing like having him in your life. There's just no comparison. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Jesus, we want to say thank you. Thank you for this portion of scripture. Thank you for the honesty. And thank you for that phrase, your will be done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're inspired by your obedience. We're inspired by your love. And uh, we can't measure up, and yet you still pursue us. So, Lord, today, just in areas of our life today where we say, Lord, help me. Help me to want what you want. Help me to not be afraid of your will. Help me, Lord, to receive all that you have for me. And, Lord, to let my life be in your hands. You are certainly worthy of it. Father, for those who are maybe feeling guilt and and shame right now and heaviness, Lord, we turn that to you and say, Lord, you are a God who forgives us. We turn that over to you and we thank you, Father, for the life and new opportunity and fresh starts that you provide for all of us. For those of us today, Lord, who are making the decision, I need to follow after you. I need you to be my Savior. I need to know what it is to walk with you fully. Lord, walk with them. Pour out on them today. Pour out your spirit on them today. Lord, we thank you, Father, for being born again in new life. We bless them today. We worship you today. And Lord, we say today, you are worthy of it all. Worthy of our lives and worthy of our worship. And you are our hero. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.